Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. It's something that you will take all in when you're done playing and be able to watch with your grandkids. James, what a pass to Russell. You know, I say that I played against one of the best players that ever played this game. Crossover beats him like a drum and ties the game. Every year when we get to do this, it's, it's insane. James falling away, it's up, got it. You can look forward to the battles, but you also appreciate the mutual like respect. Respect factor off the charts. Two legends, two champions, and boy, do they battle here tonight. Oh, I mean, what an epic game we got this weekend between Steph Curry and LeBron James. It couldn't be contained to regulation or even just one overtime. We yeah. had to get two. Almost went three. I know, an epic showdown. Welcome to NBA Today when the game is that good. Tim Legler, he has to come to town. Ramona Shelburne, Kendrick Perkins, Brian Windhorst, they're here with us as well. I'm Malika Andrews. Let's take a listen to LeBron James on this epic showdown. It's something that you will um, truly take all in when you're done playing and be able to watch with your grandkids, you know, and say that I played against one of the best players that ever played this game. Um, you know, and Steph, after the game, came to me and said, how does it keep getting better? You know, how do we keep getting better? And, you know, I think it's just a true testament to us uh, putting the work in, in the game, being true to the game, and the game just continue to get back to us. Just, uh, you look forward to the battles, but you also appreciate, you know, the mutual, like, respect of what it takes to keep doing what you're doing at this level, because only a few people know how hard it is. After the horn sounded tonight, like, there was a little laugh of, you know, who can't, like, imagine a scenario where a game like tonight happens. No, you really can't. Perk, was this the game of the year so far? Hell yeah, and they wasn't lying. Look, let me explain something to you. The league has been great. We've been watching 70 pieces put up by people. We've been watching people go for 60 pieces. That's like the circus. That's like you go to the circus and say, oh, I seen the elephant standing on one leg. But when it comes down to Braun and Steph matching up, it's like Disney World. The magical ride, Space Jams. And then you want to talk about the extra? Talk about the food, right? The Mickey beignets and the ooey gooey toffee cakes <laughs> and the, the Mickey pretzels. Like this is, yeah, magical kingdom at its finest, right? When these two match up and it was everything and more. You're watching two old heads, right? One is a senior citizen and one is on the verge of being one. Still look like they're in prime, giving us the best moment of Saturday going toe to toe. It was everything. That was Disney World. So wait, I'm supposed to follow ooey gooey, <laughs> elephant on one leg. I don't, how many other references you had in there, Perk? Oh, that's hard to follow that, man. But look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree. From just a sheer entertainment standpoint, here's what it had in addition to the individual great performances out of these two players 
it had two teams that need to win. Yeah. So the ramifications of each possession, right, and the weight that they were carrying mm -hmm. on these trips and these big moments and these, these shots that had to be made at that time in the game in order to win the game. That's what it had to, that element as well. Look, there's some other games I would probably put, you know, as nominees for best game of the year. I thought Denver-Boston, a lower scoring game. That, to me, just absolutely looked like a finals game. This looked like two teams in a regular season desperate to try to win with two great players rising to the occasion to give us another one of those electrifying moments that are going to be indelibly matching our, our heads yeah. for the rest of their careers. And that's what they gave us. And so let's appreciate it. It's not the first time that we've seen them go head-to-head, -head, though, Tim, with something on the line. If we count, and I know this goes out into the statistical ether, mm -hmm. but if we were to count that 2021 play-in game, right, yep. uh, That's this would be the 50th time, right, oh. that these mm. two have gone head-to-head. -head. Wow. Brian Winhorst, you've had a front-row seat to many any of these. I'm not going to say all 50 of them, but in the words of LeBron James, how do they keep doing this? Yeah, well, I'm going to count that play-in game, Malika, and I'm going to talk to you about the most memorable times they match up. And by the way, a lot of them were in overtime, and that was just really uh, so fitting. It goes all the way back. I'm going to take you back to the first finals game they played against each other in 2015. That game went to overtime, too, with the Warriors winning. That had 13 lead changes, 11 ties. LeBron had 44 points back when scoring 40 points meant something. He and Curry back and forth in the fourth quarter of this game throwing haymakers. LeBron almost won it at the buzzer. It ended up being the start of an intense series. Then the next year, who could forget Game 7? Right. 2016 Finals, the greatest game probably in the NBA of the last decade. LeBron and Steph going back and forth with their teams really launched a, a whole bunch of things. Then let's go to one of the games that's easy to forget but was all-time classic. 2018, another overtime game. This is remembered as the J.R. Smith meme game, <laughs> but LeBron had 51 in this game. 51 again back when that was a real thing. Then how about the 2021 uh, play-in game? You might forget Steph had 37. LeBron had a triple-double getting into the playoffs, ended the Warriors season. That was obviously a big-time memorable game. And then this one that we just had on Saturday, this has got to go into the list. The double overtime, mm. LeBron goes for 30, 20, 10. First type of that game for the Lakers since the 70s with Kareem. Steph is awesome throughout the game. Uh, they go all the way down to overtime. Looked like Steph was going to win it. Then LeBron makes the play at the end. And of course, these two guys are going to remember this one for a long time. Yeah, I mean, the fact that this is already going on the Mount Rushmore of games that we've seen these two guys play, you can see head-to-head -head where all of this totals up. Steph having the edge with wins, 27 of their 50 meetings between the regular season, the playoffs, the play-in, including a 17-11 to 11 edge in the postseason. But... LeBron James and the Lakers, they walked away with a win in this latest showdown. Steph, remember, he hit a go-ahead three with like 5.2 seconds left to put the Warriors up by one. This is how Steph Curry exited the court after LeBron James went to the line, made those free throws, essentially sealed the game. He ripped his jersey on the way off. We don't usually see this type of emotion on the floor from Steph Curry. He was asked about his frustration after the game. Our whole season, we've had... You know, some tough breaks, some self-inflicted wounds, some games that, you know, obviously you should have should have won. And there's disappointment walking over the floor. And, like, tonight is a night where you feel like you played well enough to win, almost like the sack game. And, again, have nothing to show for it. 
you know, it just shows that we, we, we really want it. We're playing with a little bit of desperation, trying to, you know, change the tide of our season and just don't have nothing to show for right now. Sir Mona, last week you said that nothing is going to happen in Golden State until Steph Curry is cool with it. But when you look at that frustration, is this the point that he should be cool with it, that something's going to happen? I actually think that that game was very encouraging for the Warriors. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll stand on that, that I don't think anything happens in Golden State without Steph Curry. You know, I don't know if he, says it, if he says it directly with a wink or a nod through his agent, whatever it is, but they're not going to make any moves to that core and break up that, that dynastic team unless he's on board with that idea. Um, Brian, you and I have covered LeBron so many years. You know, I, I think they operate a little differently when it comes time to make really hard decisions, and I don't think Steph wants to be involved in those decisions right now, but I thought Klay Thompson was good in that game. Mm. He made a huge shot in that game. Draymond looked great in that game. He said, he, you know, all, behind every single one of those Steph threes was a Draymond bone-crushing screen, right. setting that up. He also allows them to play Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins together. I think that you can't normally do that with play those two guys together, but when you can when you have a player as smart as Draymond Green. And so I think, I think Steph, like as much as you saw that frustration, I've never seen him rip his jersey. I've seen him throw the mouthpiece. Yeah. Mouthpieces. That, that's that's, that's why Tim it stood out to yeah. me. Because he's done a little arm work. You can <laughs> see, right? right? He looked a little bit jacked. Yeah, he was, but he didn't get all the to way through. He couldn't get all the way through. He looked exhausted. Like when you were watching that game, Tim, didn't you think he he looked he would sit on the bench during timeouts like, oh my god, I need these 30 seconds to recover. Man, I felt sorry for him. I really did. I yeah. had empathy for him watching the game. And and this right here, this reaction, what that is, is what the stat they just put at the bottom of the screen yeah. when he was speaking. 32 of these games they've been in. 32 games, Woo. one possession game late more than any other team in the NBA and right. they have come up short too many times in games that they are used to winning so what that does is it's, it's a gut punch it's one more gut punch and on a night when he played that way yeah. and made that many big plays down the stretch historically since Steph Curry got there they win those kind of games and they're not anymore and I think that's where the frustration is coming out because it's been too often this year <coughs> he feels like what more can he possibly do? And they walk off the floor frustrated in a late-game defeat. That's what that was. I, I agree with Ramona, though. I, I just think your options are limited in what you're going to do. i got to tell you, yeah. though, I don't think that Kendrick Perkins is as patient as you yeah. do. Am I right about that, Perk? I'm not, because my next question is, what's next, right? If, if, okay, if Steph could go out there and put up a 46-piece wing dinner and they still lose, and you see his frustration, then what's next? If he's not going to go to the front office and he's not going to want to make these hard, these hard, tough decisions, then what's next? You're just going to let the season ride out and say, you know what, we're going to make this our last run. We know we're not going anywhere, but let's continue to bring, uh, bring along Jonathan Kaminga and teach him the game. We cannot continue to waste Steph Curry prime. And we're seeing this man do everything and more that he possibly can to try to just get one win. And right now, when I look at it, I'm like, damn, they only one game above the Memphis Grizzlies right now who have been missing damn near their entire starting lineup. Right. And so I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, if it's not going to be a trade, if Steph is not going to voice his opinion, then what the hell is next for the Golden State Warriors this season? What is next, Brian? Yeah, so Perk and I have been on the opposite side to this for a month or so now. Perk has been saying, like, this is over, break it up. Yeah. I've been preaching patience. I, I got to admit, my case is weakening, Perk. 
My case is weakening. They're five games under uh -oh. 500. I do think Ramona is right. You know, you look <laughs> at their last two losses. They lost by one to the Kings, and they yeah. lost by, you know, two to the Lakers. It's not like they're getting blown off the court. The problem is, is that the most tradable piece they have, really, is Wiggins. Wiggins is playing average to below average basketball right now. If they traded him, they'd either have to incentivize or they'd get back average-ish players. And I'm not sure it's truly an upgrade. So I'm not saying that they're that you know that they that there's something that can be done. I just don't think there's a better option other than hoping that that record turns around and getting Chris Paul back. And I know that hoping isn't what you want to say at the end of January, but I think it's the best of a lot of bad options. Yeah, I think, listen, here's the problem. When you start talking about breaking it up, you have to be realistic about what the return is going to be and what that's going to look like. So it, I understand we might think that, hey, this team can't contend for a championship and you've got Steph Curry on your roster. You're supposed to be doing that. The problem is, what are we talking about? Jettisoning off you know, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Kaminga, like anybody's for sale. And if that's the case, what are you getting back? Younger players, less accomplished players that are going to take more time to season alongside Steph Curry. I mean, that, that pushes this thing out even further into the future. So that's where I just think it's a really tough spot to be in. And I don't think these internal conversations start easily when you start talking about Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and what right. they've meant to the organization, particularly Clay. I mean, despite how he's played this year, some players and what they've meant to the organization, they outlive those conversations. They've almost surpassed the ability to even initiate those because it's just what it is. The guy's meant too much to them, and unfortunately, so, they're not good enough to compete or contend, but what you're going to get back won't put you there either, Perk, I don't believe. So, so no, but, but, my question, but my question again is, what's the answer? Because to me, it, it looked like they're steady going down a downward slope. They play the 76ers tomorrow, and then they're going on, this, on the road trip that they're about to start. So my thing is, it's not like they're trending upward, and it's no more victories when it comes down to the Warriors. I don't care if they lost by one or uh, uh, lost by a hundred. A loss is a loss, and they don't have room to be losing games in the tough Western Conference. Yeah, the West right now, there is just no room for error, particularly for the Golden State Warriors as they're clawing to get back even into just play-in contention. Hey, before we go to break, some breaking news here out of the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid. He was, we were wondering if we were going to see him tonight against the Portland Trailblazers, but Ramona, now that's not the case, what more can you tell us? Yeah, he, you know, he's just managing this knee injury, and, and I think he fully intended to try to play in Denver. He was the one who said to the team, I'm playing, don't even put me on the injury report, but that knee is, is, a, is an issue that he's going to have to manage for the rest of the season, mm. and there's swelling in there. He couldn't even jump before the Denver game. I know he took a lot of flack for all that, but he's not going to play again against Portland they have a back-to-back -back, so it's Portland tonight Golden State the next game yep. and and every time we talk about whether he plays or not plays we're, we're, we're subtracting from that 65 game total right we're inching towards that yeah. at this point he can only miss five more games to still be eligible for the MVP award we're going to get to Joel Embiid uh, more a little bit later in the show coming up here on NBA Today we have a jam-packed hour including Kawhi and the Clippers they called the curtain in Boston over the weekend what Tim Legler finds most impressive about the Clippers and how it could carry them all the way to a championship and a hint here it's not just their big three plus can the red hot knicks keep it rolling without julius randall why the next 10 days could determine the fate of their season brian windhorst he's bringing out his crystal ball and in the past week we've seen four players 
four players score over 60 points in a single week. I mean, the scoring surge this season, it is unprecedented. But why Perk is turning off his TV? But don't turn off yours. More NBA Today next after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We're going to start with the Suns of the Magic. Devin Booker had 44, but only two in the fourth quarter. Orlando held the Suns' offense to just 13 points total in that final period. Tim, why can't Phoenix score in the fourth? Well, here's my bigger question, Malika. Why are te- why is a team that's this loaded up at the top with three offensive players like that so reliant on one guy right now? Like, you look at Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant, right, what they combine for 24 points when, unlike when Booker gets 44, that's not how this is supposed to go. Yeah. And they lose two of his big scoring games. I just wonder what the vibe is, you know, coming in today to the facility when two games now you've lost when Booker's gone off and other guys have been kept in check. Right, particularly because this is the team where you're supposed to be hanging your hat on offense. So this was a little bit of a surprise, a though, as we move on to the Thunder and the Pistons. OKC got bounced in an early Sunday tip-off. Jalen Duran had a 20-20 game. Detroit had the lead for the entire second half. We've talked about what the Thunder might need to do, some tweaks. Do they need to add a big, Ramona? Yeah, they could use a tough guy inside, somebody to help with rebounding. I also think, you know, this is this is a classic schedule loss right sure. here, that day game. It's a, on the road against a bad team. And, you We're know, just trying to give Detroit a little bit of love. Yeah, give them a little some bit love. Of a rough they, football they weekend for them. So, you know, for Lions fans, you, you really should be proud of your here. All right. Look the Timberwolves, the Spurs, Anthony Edwards threw down this big dunk. Oh, my God. But it wasn't enough. Victor oh Wembanyama pulled up the upset win. Do that. And the sham guy. Trampoline. I think Perk might be able to do that. Perk, did you see this? Oh, what? Come on. Yeah, I can't do it. They got the video circulating, but look, the Timberwolves <laughs> that the last five games like, nope. has been, they have been very disappointing. Mm. Like losing to the Spurs and the Hornets. I'm looking at a team that that is playing for themselves, selfish basketball. They need to get back to their identity, and that's un. Uh, that's a gender-free basketball on both ends of the floor. Well, then on Saturday, the Clippers, they had a dominant win in Boston. It was just the second home loss of the season for the Celtics. Kawhi led the Clippers with 26 points, but this one, it was about the defense. They held Boston to 96 points. It's tied for their lowest scoring game of the season. Here's head coach Ty Lue after the game. Would you think this is your best offensive team since the 08 Celtics? Um... 
We got a long ways to go. I mean, but we have the potential, like you said, the potential to be, you know, really good, you know, and I think we can get to that point where we, we are a really elite, elite, you know, defensive team. All right, Tim, so show us what Ty Lue was talking about here. Yeah, look, they're so impressive, and, they're, and right now I think playing at the highest level they have, and this is a team in Boston that's got so much versatility in the ways they can attack. You let, let's take a look at some of the things the Clippers are doing. And the first thing they were doing, I can't recall seeing a game this year in which so many players fought over screens this far out on the perimeter. And that's what it takes. You've got to get into his body, and when Jason Tatum comes around this, you're taking away all airspace. You don't see that a lot in the NBA anymore that far out on the floor, but that's a great effort by Terrence Mann. You're also going to rely on obviously, on getting your help from your big guy, and that's exactly what Plumlee does. He makes sure Tatum doesn't walk into a three on this. Comes off. Next, you know this is a pick-and-pop situation. This is a Horford sweet spot. Well, the key is the weak side guy has to be moving while the ball is in the air. Look at Kawhi Leonard. He is in a dead sprint as the ball is coming to Al Horford because he's going to make sure. I am going to make Al Horford put this basketball back down on the floor. He's not going to get a catch-and-shoot three, and then I'm going to rely on help. Plumlee gets back into the play, and then here's a key. I don't think I've seen James Harden play this hard defensively in a game in, in his career. Yeah. This is a dead sprint to the opposite corner to make sure that this three-point shot is taken away. Drive in, get ca caught up in the air. Why? Because Plumlee's back here with high hands. Howford wanted to make this pass to the baseline. Drew Holiday can't do it, gets hung up in the air, and then Kawhi Leonard back into the plays, the guy that ends up with the steal. That is textbook help and recover defense, and this is what it leads to. You get out in the open floor. Paul George loves getting two easy ones. Take a look at the, another possession, and this is elite level. You could do a vi an instructional video on this defensively. Derek White looks like he's headed in this direction. So Paul George, this is just effort. His shoulders are facing this way because that's where the screen is coming from. Derek White switches up and comes downhill this way. Watch what the way that Paul George turns his shoulders and chases and pursues the basketball and then plumbly there to help him on the penetration. That's just sheer effort. A lot of guys would have given up when you get crossed up like that. Now you get down here downhill. You got everybody lined up to help you at the foul line. Now take a look at what happens once this ball is passed. So I'm talking about James Harden. Wait, is this James Harden? Is that James Harden closing out that hard? Yeah, and then see? James Harden sliding with the basketball, not getting beat off the dribble? The last component of this, I want you to watch Terrence Mann. Because he not only comes to help, he gets vertical. He gets in the air, but watch what he does after he lands. Lands, here comes a swing pass to Jalen Brown. Take a look at Terrence Mann. He is on a dead sprint from under the rim trying to get out here to Derek White. And now you got Paul George locking up in a one-on-one -on -one situation and the final part of this. You've got two players. Two players stunt and recover. Both guys get back to theirs and you're going to end up with Jalen Brown picking up his dribble at the elbow. High hands by Paul George. Doesn't give him anything good. This is where the video keeps freezing all morning when I've been doing it. But he's going to miss this shot. Harden gets a defensive rebound to finish literally an elite level defensive possession. Yeah. You can't do it any better than that. And this is what the Clippers are doing. They frustrated Boston the entire game. That kind of effort is infection. I, I'm just the best defense James Harden has played in his entire career. That is a pretty impressive statement. And the Clippers, they've been impressive since December, the best team in the NBA. Another team that's been up there, though, since the calendar year at least has turned, the New York Knicks. We have an update on Julius Randle. Will this be Jalen Brunson's biggest test yet? That's coming up. And we're also going to take a look at that offensive explosion that's happening in the NBA. Is this a good thing for the league? Legs, Perk, they will explain what's behind these star surges and if it will continue. Plus, how bad of a look was it that Embiid sat out against Jokic in Denver this weekend? Well, Perk's word of the day answers that question. NBA Today.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Knicks, they've been stacking up signature wins, as Kendrick Perkins would say. The Heat, they were the latest team to take an L in the Garden. Unfortunately, though, Julius Randle, he dislocated his shoulder late in that game. And our Adrian Wojnarowski reports that there is optimism that this will be, quote, weeks and not months that Randle is out. But hopefully, Stephen A., he's feeling a little bit better than he was on Saturday. If he is not okay, you're going to see an entirely different Stephen A. Smith on the air. Somebody that's going to be incredibly depressed and mortified at the thought of the New York Knicks continuing this season without him. I don't even want to think about it. I'd rather y'all talk and just take it from here. I just don't even want to think about. And is, is that we, didn't we just say before he got injured that the New York Knicks have looked better than they've looked in years? Yes. Yeah. This, this, this just can't be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Perk. You have been the Knicks' biggest supporter on this show. Can you can you please give some hope, some help to our colleague Stephen A? Hell yeah! Because the Knicks, if he has, if he haven't been watching, which it seems like he haven't, it's a plug and replace, right? Mitchell Robinson go down, Hardenstein, uh, Hardenstein step in and feel right on in. He goes down, all of a sudden, hey, the next man up mentality. And Jalen Brunson, let me tell you this. Let me tell you the important part about this this run that the Knicks are about to go on. Not only has he put the world on notice, but with Julius Randle being out, and we don't know for how long, Jalen Bronson is about to turn it up another level to the point where we're gonna have to mention this young man in the MVP conversation. You could book it. I'm saying it right now. He's gonna turn it up so much that we're gonna have to mention him in the MVP conversation because look, they're only two games behind the second spot in the Eastern Conference. On top of that, my apologies to OG Anobi, okay? I was not familiar with his offensive game. We, I know he's known as a defender, a guy that could stretch the floor and, and knock down threes, a guy that could cut to the basket. Oh, but he got a bigger bag than what I have seen in the past with the Raptors. Tib is letting this young man play. The Knicks are going to go on the rise. Jalen Brunson is going to enter himself in the MVP conversation Ooh. while Julius Randle is out. You can book it. What today's date is, I don't even know. I know it's Monday, but you can book <laughs> it on this Monday. I love this prediction because I think actually you might see over the next nine games, let's say, and that takes us through the All-Star break, and that's about three weeks, and that, that could be, you know, get Julius Randle back right after that when you got Boston and Philly back-to-back. They got a nine-game stretch here. It's not easy 
But, you know, you play good teams, not great teams, and you got a couple of bottom feeders in there. You've got really no title contenders unless you include L.A. and Dallas in that. That might be a reach for some people. But here's the thing. Jalen Brunson has the type of game you might see Brunson join the 60-point club while he's out because that's the extent to which he can control the game. And it's very difficult to get the ball out of his hands. Right? He's just he's too strong. He's too on balance. He's got escapability. He doesn't get himself in tough spots on the floor. If you want to talk about a team running their offense to one guy while he's out, you're looking at him. Also, one more name I want to mention. Precious Achua. This would look like a throw-in in this trade. You're going to see heavy minutes out of Precious Achua, and I think he's going to be the type of guy that can give you some double-doubles while Julius Randle is out. See, Perk is – look at Perk. Perk is I love, just, he's so happy. I love everybody. <laughs> I love everybody. Legs, where have you been? <laughs> Brian, when we just saw the, the stretch that Legs mentioned it, he was very kind. A couple of bottom feeders, feeders maybe not quite title contenders. So really kind ways to put the stretch coming up here for the New York Knicks. What do you need to see, Brian, the Knicks do to make it through this? I don't like shoulder injuries, guys. I know that he may have avoided needing surgery right now. Shoulder injuries, especially dislocated shoulders, bother players for months. They reoccur. And while the Knicks have shown a good ability to make up for Mitchell Robinson, I think they've got to consider the trade market. And one name, they could call back the people that they just did a deal with in the Toronto Raptors and ask about Bruce Brown Jr. Bruce Brown Jr. plays multiple positions. He's got championship DNA. Championship experience, plays hard-nosed defense, is a Tibbs type of player. The Knicks have eight tradable first-round picks and an expiring contract and Evan Fournier, who they could um, maybe negotiate with there. I wouldn't say they have to make a deal, but I would absolutely think that they would investigate the market. Not because they think Randall's going to be out for a huge stretch of time, but just because of their depletion in the front court and that this team has the ability to make some noise in the postseason. They should gear up for it. One thing I want to say, and I know I said a lot of positive stuff there, Perk, and I don't want to be the downer now, but here's the thing. I want to echo what Wendy said, and, and, and this is important. It's his right shoulder, and people might say, well, it's his right shoulder. Why is that as big a deal? And here's why. For a left-handed power player, when he's going to be in the lane, in the, in the, in the post, the defender mm -hmm. is going to be on the right side of his body because that's how he's going to position himself so the ball's on this side. So that means the chop-down action is going to come across his body. So when he's going up with two hands in the paint or at the rim after a jump stop, most of the reaching and the contact is coming across his right arm as he's going up. Yeah. That's the kind of injury you worry about coming back from his shoulder is that force coming down on your forearm. Go ahead, Perk. And don't rush it. I had four shoulder surgeries, right? And I tore mine in the finals. I tore mine during the season. Don't rush the process. You know, make sure that you're close to 100% as possible. But in time, I think this offseason, he's still going to have to have surgery to get it fixed because he can linger on for the rest of his career. Right. Well, look for Josh Hart, obviously, just to, to have be back in that little big man role that he played on the Olympic team, right? This is this is Josh Hart. I mean, you're not going to put on 45 pounds of muscle yeah. for the game here, but he can get in there and rebound. I know, Brian, you brought up Bruce Brown, but, like, Josh Hart is already on the team, and he's already got that physicality. I think that's what they miss the most is the physicality because they've been flat-out beating people up physically. Right. Oh, and, and Randall is at the center of that. Yeah. So when, when you don't have him for an extended length of time, it changes, but I don't think they're going to stop being a physical. Right, and again, we're just reporting that it's going to be weeks and not months, and that is a sigh of relief for Knicks yeah. fans. all-star break works for you. Right, exactly. All-star break working in your favor, the schedule working in your favor a little yeah. bit, and then also the trade deadline being a week and a half away. They do have a little bit of time here to see if they want to tinker, make some maneuvers. We've actually got the Knicks in our NBA Saturday primetime matchup on ABC and the ESPN app. LeBron James and the Lakers, they're going to be 
at Madison Square Garden, and you know that LeBron always likes to put on a show in that arena. They face off against Jalen Brunson in the Knicks. Our NBA Countdown crew starts it off at 8 o'clock Eastern. So you mentioned that maybe Jalen Brunson could be added to this scoring spree that we've seen. It's been a stretch of scoring like no other, but are Booker and Luka's point sprees coming at the cost of the game? We're going to debate. More NBA Today after that. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are just a few seconds away from getting this thing started. Back in the hands of Luka. A heave and a hit! He is on a mission. And Luka Dodgic says, I own this place. It goes! It's a basket and a foul! Who would have believed that there would be a night when Luka would be getting in the neighborhood of his uniform number. Insane. 73 points from Luka. That's tied for the fourth highest scoring game in NBA history. And he did it on the same night that Devin Booker had 62 in a loss. And what's wild is that was the second time we've seen this happen in just a week. Just one week. Remember Embiid, he had 70 the same night that Cat had 62 and lost? It was only the second time in NBA history that there were four 60-point games in a five-day span. Shout out to Wilt Chamberlain because back then, of course, it was a whole lot of Wilt. But remember, throw in Giannis's franchise record 64-point game in December, and we're up to five different players who have dropped 60. That's the most in a single season in NBA history, Tim Legler. So tell me, why are we seeing uh, the variety of reasons it's a perfect storm and it's come together right now at this time in, in, in this point in time in NBA history. Okay, first and foremost, make no mistake about it, there are more highly skilled shot makers in the NBA than we've ever had. Up and down rosters, more guys can create their own shot, more guys are comfortable shooting the ball from deep, more guys have the sidestep, the step back, all of those things. So let's start with that, the skill level of these players. But then there's some other things. You can't deny the rules affect it. The lack of physicality on the perimeter, the freedom of movement. You're allowing great offensive players to have all sorts of liberty offensively to go where they want to go. That's going to lead to big scoring nights. And then the last two, I think there's just the mentality and the ideology around hunting the three-point shot. I mean, teams are combining to take like 83-point shots a right. night in an average game. Well, that means that guys are going to get hot. You're going to see these numbers inflate. And then here's the last thing, and I really saw this in the Atlanta game with Luka. Mm -hmm. The paralysis that opposing coaches have and have to stop it because they're so worried about giving up three-point yeah. shots. So they allow guys to operate in this one-on-one -on -one coverage or they operate against favorable matchups because they're so worried about running people at them to get the ball out of their hands, particularly when they're a good passer. I thought Atlanta fell prey to that. And Luka just took advantage of smaller guards on him all night long. 
but I think coaches, they overreact to that three-point shot sure. impact, and they allow great players to get into this rhythm and have these historic nights. I got to tell you, I mean, five different players with 60-point games, the most in a single season in NBA history. I have mixed feelings about this, Tim, because if everything is special, then all of a sudden, nothing is. And here's the thing, scoring is fun, right? I think we Agreed. can both Completely agree, that. agree with that. No matter what game you tune into, though, there's a real chance you could be seeing something historic on a nightly basis. But I have to ask, Kendrick Perkins, you hung your hat on the defensive end of the floor. Is this good for the game? It's not. It's not. And I and look, I don't want to rain on anybody parade for them for for them dropping a 70 piece or a 60 piece. But at this point, it's starting to become very disturbing because it's no effort defensively, right? It's almost to the point where it's like guys are saying, take the ball out, hurry up, take the ball out. If they make it, let's hurry up and get it out and go. Outlet, outlet, like. That is this is bad basketball defensively. Like I played in a in a in a time where it's like if a guy was about to hang thirty on you, at least you was gonna get ejected for a hard foul. Like you had to go out swinging, and I mean like it's no pride defensively. Look at these shots. I mean wide open, no resistance whatsoever. Being able to get to the free throw line. Like if if a guy has thirty on on, on the team at half. How about just saying, you know what, we're going to double him every time he catch the ball. He will not go for 50 tonight. But it's becoming a common thing right now. And to be honest, it's not good for the game. Mm. you got to have guys step up defensively and provide effort and physicality. So, Brian, what do you want to see more of, scoring or, or more defense? I'm going to see balance because that's where we're a little bit out of whack in the NBA right now. We don't have balance. You know, I've talked to some head coaches about this, and one of the things that they've talked about, Malika, is they don't even know how to coach defense right now because they go out there and they teach their players to do certain things, and the referee calls a foul. Also, you talk about playing hard uh, and, you know, being tough, Perk. Flagrant fouls are handed out like candy right now. They're very protective of the star players, which they should be. But players are highly disincentivized from putting their hands on a moving player at all and very, very highly disincentivized for sending any sort of message. I do think the league is out of whack, and I do expect there to be changes in the rules over the next uh, in the next season that hmm. tries to bring this back a little bit that gives the defense a little bit more of their rights back. I just think this is flat-out competition. You see one guy score 70, the, the next night somebody goes, and, and now Luca goes for 70. This happened last year, too. I mean, like, yeah, but Dame yeah, Willard, Donovan Mitchell, Dame Willard again, Carl Towns. Like, we, like Dame, Dame, and, Dame and, 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 uh, and Donovan Mitchell went for 71 last year. Yeah, but not in the Within same a, week. Not the same week, but in the same month. <laughs> sure. I mean, and so people see that, and then, oh, you, I'm going to get 60. I'm going to get Like, we have some very talented scorers in this league. You guys are all right about the defense. You can't – everything's a foul. Everything's a play. But they're all doing it differently. Luka Doncic, he had eight three-pointers in his 73 points. Do you, do you know how many Embiid had in his 70 – one hit one one three-pointer now 21 of 23 from the free throw line yeah Carl Towns when he had 62 that night 10 three-pointers so some of this is because of the reliance on the three-point uh, uh, the emphasis on three-pointers in in today's game some of this is on big men who are able to make them like that Carl Towns 10 three-pointers in a game but a lot of this is just I see what that guy did I'm gonna try to top him this is just straight-up competition go ahead Perk. Yeah, but yeah, but Mama, when you hear a coach like Coach Finch, what, what he said after Carl Anthony Towns, I think had what sixty two, yeah. and they lost. He said like it's it's borderline disrespecting the basketball guards, right? And then That's you look at Devin though. Booker last night. He, 
Yeah, but I'm saying Devin Booker had a night, a, yeah. an excellent night last night, and they lost. Like it got to be a balance throughout. It can't be like that. You know, I'm going out and going to get mines. Like people are not going to watch this. Like we want to see guys actually compete. But, but don't you not think that like when a guy see, has 50, oh, teammates start feeding him, right? Like once you once you get to a certain level, and that's that's what happens. It's not being selfish. It's but your teammates. Far, but. But that was the part of why they lost, why the Minnesota Timberwolves lost to the Hornets, and Coach Finch called them out in the, in the post game. He said they are disrespecting the basketball guards. It's a certain type of integrity that you got to have for the game. It's a certain type of pride. Now, if you're doing it within the team concept, Luka is a ball dominant guy. His usage rate is probably the highest on the team. That's not who Carl Anthony Towns is. And I don't want to knock it. I'm just saying it got to get better. Yeah, right crazy is, and what's crazy is these four games, think about it, we have two losses, you have yeah. a late-game escape, which is really what, yeah, what sure. Dallas did, right? And then you have one comfortable win. The Philadelphia situation, that was a comfortable win against a bad team. But the fact that these guys are putting up these kind of numbers on nights when you're losing games or you're struggling yeah. to win games, that speaks exactly what, to what Perk's talking about, which is this is not what the flow of an offense is supposed to look like in basketball, where one guy is dominating the ball and the shot attempts to that extent. Yeah. Even the night Minnesota, I had a big problem. I wasn't on the air tonight. I wish I was because I thought it was the weirdest vibe coming off of that team that yeah. night. The way Anthony Edwards looked, his body language, refusing to shoot really at all. Yeah. Nate McDaniels looked irritated yeah. in the timeouts. You know, Carl Anthony Towns having a historic night, and it didn't seem like everybody was like super yeah, thrilled about it. Yeah. It was just a weird vibe because that's not how basketball is supposed to look when it's played at its right. highest level mm -hmm. offensively. It's supposed to move and multiple people touch it. And look, if a guy goes off some nights, we know that happens. Right. But this is getting to to the point where desen we're desensitized to greatness and mm -hmm. what that means as a great scoring night. Perk talked about 30. Like when I was in the league, a guy had 40. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, he had 40." Yeah. Now it's like that's yeah. just like a that's just like a yeah. decent night. 40. Now. Did you go with a triple double? Because otherwise, it's not that impressive. Right. Yeah. That that sort of goes back to what Brian said about balance. That's really the word that is sticking with me because you're right. Desensitizing greatness is not what anybody wants here. You mentioned Joel Embiid, his 70 point performance. We're not going to see him tonight against the Portland Trailblazers coming up here on NBA Today. How will sitting out Saturday's game impact Joel Embiid's MVP chances? Kendrick Perkins, he's got a big word of the day. It'll let you know exactly what he thinks about Embiid sitting out when NBA Today returns. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
We have two big returns on our Wednesday NBA slate. KD and the Suns are in Brooklyn taking on his former team, the Nets, on ABC. KD said he doesn't even want a tribute video. And then Dame Lillard plays his first game back in Portland with the Bucks at 10 Eastern on ESPN. You're not going to want to miss my exclusive conversation with Damian Lillard ahead of that game. It airs on NBA Today and NBA Countdown. Now, speaking of the Trailblazers, the 76ers, they're in Portland today, but Joel Embiid was a late scratch on Saturday in Denver, depriving NBA fans of the marquee matchup of Rivals Week between the reigning MVP and Nikola Jokic. Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, they both missed the game as well. But it was a surprise around the league when Embiid went from not being on the injury report at all to not being on the floor. Embiid, remember, he hasn't played in Denver since 2019. That's four years that we have not seen him play in the Mile High City. You can see the breakdown of the games that he's missed there on your screen. On Friday's show though, Kendrick Perkins, you gave a pep talk. I mean, I, I was ready after that pep talk to Joel Embiid. You implored him, stand on business, give Jokic his lick back. I don't think I can say that, but that's how no. you said it, and it was much, much better. <laughs> now that he has another DMP in Denver under his belt, what's your word of the day on Embiid? Well, <clears throat> I'm going Serbian style. Uplusha, okay, and you know what that means nope. in Serbian? What? That means that means scared. And oh, usually oh. I'm joking and laughing about my word of the day, but damn it, Malika, I'm so serious right now when I say this. He's been scared for the last four years. I don't want to hear anything about swelling in his knee because he played on a back-to-back -back when Jokic came into town on Philly and made sure he made himself available. Like, what's really going on? And everyone knows how I feel about Joel Embiid. I think he's one of the most skilled big men to ever play the game of basketball. I think he's the best offensive player in the game today. But at the end of the day, no matter what the rest of the season for as him putting up big numbers or even winning the MVP, I will not be impressed anymore until he do something in the playoffs. Like, he cannot continue to get off the hook of ducking that smoke mm. when it comes down to playing Jokic in Denver. We can't do that. I might need to check with the Jokic brothers or Google Translate on the <laughs> pronunciation. Uh, but whatever word you want to use for it, is it just scared, Ramona? Or is there something else going on here? I mean, listen, he heard you, Perk. Like, he heard the pep talk. That's why he went to the team. When they, when they do the injury report, this is how this works. You know how this goes, Legs and Perk. Like, it's his choice to say, I'm on the injury report. Like, he said, don't even put me on the injury report. I'm playing. I'm playing in this game. He went out and warmed up. He can't even jump. The, the injuries management he staff. Can't, he couldn't jump, can't jump before the game. That's no. how much discomfort he had. Yes, had. and he shouldn't have played in that Indiana game. Okay. He did. I think that was probably the mistake that was made here because it is important to play in Denver. He knows that. And I actually think, it, it, like, and nobody knows that more than Joel Embiid. You don't think he hears all that? He went out to let them boo him. Like, he went out in the fourth quarter and said, I know what's coming. Go ahead and boo me. I know what's happening. It was not even his choice. The, man, mm -hmm. the injury management staff from the Sixers said, you are not playing. And this injury he has with his knee, I know what you want to say about swelling. He wanted to play. So they're probably going to get fined. The NBA is going to investigate the late scratch. But that was on the star player who said, don't even put me on the report. I want to play. Right. So now it's tw that's the 12th game, right? Yeah. Uh, tonight. tonight that he will miss. That means if he misses five more... He will lose eligibility for MVP and All-NBA honors. We spent yeah. so much time on MVP, All-NBA yep. as well, which of course has uh, financial implications. In one week, Embiid's dropped from being the favorite following his 70-point performance to a distant third. 
legs. Do you think his chances are essentially, are, are they gone? Should we be he, moving He's hurt, but I don't think that's necessarily reflected just by missing this game. I think that's people also saying, well, wait, wait a second now. He's getting close to that number of yep. games missed. He also, like, what's wrong with his knee? Like, is, is yeah. that a problem for him to even maybe he doesn't play as well because he's trying to play through an injury? So there's a lot that goes into that more than ducking the game. But, yeah, I think you both are right from this standpoint. Look, if, if he's got fluid in the knee or he's got some discomfort, it's taken out of his hands as soon as he mentions it to somebody on the medical staff. Boom, out of his hands. He has no more say in that. That's the way the league operates now. But to Perk's point, this is more than just a fluke or misfortune. It's become a thing, man. It's a narrative. Mm -hmm. Four years in a row, you okay. have not played in Denver. Right. Four years in a row. That's beyond an anomaly. That starts to become an actual thing. It's weird to me because beyond. he has had dominant statistical games but against him and beat yeah. him. Hang on one second, Ramona. Go ahead, Brian. The optics are horrible, bottom yep. line. I know his knee was bothering him. I watched the way he played on Thursday. The optics and the handling of it were terrible. He knows it. The, the Nuggets know it. The Sixers know it. It's a, it's a letdown for the league. The optics were terrible, and he will pay a bit of a price for it, both public relations-wise and within the league. Yeah, absolutely. The narrative, it exists. Hey, Brian Windhorst.